This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back. On right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. We love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line at 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments. Get something off your chest. We might use your call on the broadcast. That number again, 772-245-0750. Well, I've got a correction to make. Tyler emailed me and pointed out that on last Friday's show, I mistook Chris Matthews for Chris Wallace. Chris Matthews, of course, the the increasingly unhinged never-Trumper over at MSNBC and Chris Wallace being the mildly Trump derangement syndrome sufferer on Fox News Sunday. And uh, while Chris Matthews has become uh, more and more right in line with the other Sunday news shows, I don't think he quite rises to the level of, um, of unhinged never Trump derangement as Chris Matthews. Just as a reminder, I'll play this clip for you again of Chris Wallace, no, not Chris Wallace, Chris Matthews over at MSNBC comparing the now-deceased Qassam Soleimani, Iranian notorious terrorist, with, well, I'll just let you listen for yourself. It's hard to believe. When Princess Diana died, for example, there was a huge emotional outpouring. Uh, these kinds of Elvis Presley in our culture. It turns out that this general we killed was a beloved hero of the Iranian people to the point where look at the people we've got pictures of now. These enormous crowds coming out. There's no American emotion in this case, but there's a hell of a lot of emotion on the other side. <laughs> Comparing Suleimani to Elvis or Diana, Princess Diana, apparently... Chris Matthews doesn't understand the police state. If you were to stay at home, they've got people monitoring and, uh, and the block captain, the people that turn you in to the enforcers would, uh, would report that you are insufficiently loyal to the mullahs and, uh, and your, uh, your life would be made a miserable mess from that point forward. But, um, so my apologies, qualified apologies to Chris Wallace. I did not mean to compare you to Chris Matthews. Well, this uh, this last week, of course, uh, the Democrats were on their uh, 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 Suleimani apology tour. 
and um, pouring, heaping uh, vitriol on Donald Trump for having taken that uh, that terrorist mastermind of the Middle East off of the battlefield. And Representative Doug Collins of Georgia, um, I think he's from a South Metro Atlanta district, uh, stated at one point that Democrats love terrorists. Now, that's not entirely true, but it's not entirely false either. Because whether they in fact love terrorists or not, they were in in fact playing into um, the appearance, at least, that they were mourning Suleimani's death because they were far more uh, critical of Donald Trump for killing a terrorist than they were of the actual terrorist. And Doug Collins, um, after having abuse heaped on him from all quarters, including uh, Republicans and and, uh, conservative media outlets, apologized. He said that he got carried away. Well, I'm not sure I would have apologized. Yes, it was an exaggeration. The Democrats probably don't love terrorists, but it's kind of hard to make an argument that they hated Soleimani despite all of the blood that he had on his hand because uh, they basically played right into the hands of the mullahs in um, in stating that it, you know it was wrong somehow for Donald Trump to kill him their uh, their line was well there was no imminent threat well if you've got a guy that has murdered 600 Americans and tens of thousands of innocent civilians throughout the region. And he's over in Baghdad meeting with the head of the Iranian militia inside Iraq, who just the previous days had laid siege to the American embassy and attempted to break into it. Do you really need actual uh, evidence that he is planning a future attack isn't that kind of what he does and even if you didn't know exactly when it was coming you knew you knew that it was coming you didn't need an exact time to know that this guy was uh, had escalated to the point where he was actually in attacking the american embassy and they all predicted world war three because the Democrats have become uh, uh, illiterate when it comes to matters of military, the use of the military. Donald Trump never proposed invading, invading or occupying Iran. It was a, a targeted attack that removes Soleimani, this, um, this leader of the Iran militia inside Iraq that attacked the embassy and their bodyguards. Very, very um, narrow, defined attack. And uh, and the president, in fact, didn't even retaliate when the mullahs ineptly dropped a, a bunch of missiles on military bases inside Iraq. But that wasn't enough. And you, you just had to notice in, in Doug Collins' defense that the Democrats and their media mouthpieces were far, far more angered by Trump killing the terrorist than they appeared to be 
by Iran's downing of this Ukrainian airliner. How odd is it, by the way, that uh, with all the stuff going on, that the airliner that Iran accidentally shoots down is from the Ukraine. Of course, you know, the, the Democrats are claiming that Donald Trump was falsely characterizing Ukraine as having uh, interfered in the 2016 presidential election when, in fact, it was well documented. It's, I mean, you don't, it's not a theory, it's not a conspiracy theory. You can go into the newspapers and see the coverage at the time that they, uh, Ukraine was, in fact, working with the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign to undermine Trump's campaign during 2016. But now all of that's been pushed down the memory hole, and we're supposed to believe that uh, any questions about Ukraine's collusion with the Democrats or any questions about the corruption of uh, Joe Biden or the Democrat cronies in Iran skimming millions and millions of dollars off the top of the American taxpayer aid that went to that country. All of that is illegitimate, and we've got to impeach Donald Trump. But yeah, as far as Collins goes, uh, you know, I didn't notice any condemnation coming from Democrats about Iran shooting down this plane. There were no tweets other than uh, thoughts and prayers, but there was no condemnation of the mullahs for shooting down this plane. Zero. And you had John Kerry this weekend appearing uh, on Face the Nation with Margaret Carlson, getting very, very angry at Margaret Carlson because they were reporting that Donald Trump was pointing out that a lot of this uh, terrorist activity that the mullahs have been engaged in was, in fact, funded by the $150-plus billion that the Obama administration delivered to the mullahs in exchange for pretending to cease their development of nuclear weapons. Going on, the, days. Uh, going on the, the attack on that deal this morning, specifically mentioning you, perhaps not a surprise. Um, but, you know, I, I know the deal you negotiated lifted sanctions, uh, gave some relief in exchange for capping the nuclear program. There was also a parallel negotiation that released some cash uh, as part of a, a settlement of a different separate dispute. The- Let me just interrupt right here. Do you know that the Iranians never, in fact, signed that deal? They said it was an insult to their national uh, dignity and honor and claimed that they would agree to it, but they wouldn't actually sign the deal. Now, if you're making a deal with somebody, if you're engaging in a contract with somebody that requires you to deliver more than $150 billion and those people are unwilling to sign the agreement, you don't have an agreement. They're just making, uh, they're just giving their word When, in fact, you know, we know that uh, the mullahs lie uh, as a tactic. As a matter of fact, it's it's contained in their uh, their belief system that they're allowed to lie to infidels in order to achieve their objectives. Back to this clip. Here's Kerry's response. President this week put blame on 
the administration, your, the administration you served on with essentially helping to provide money to the IRGC. Uh, I want to play a soundbite of what you said in 2016 to CNBC when you were asked about how Iran would spend the money. I think that some of it will ha- end up in the hands of uh, uh, the IRGC or of other entities, some of which are labeled terrorist. Uh, you know, to some degree, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every uh, component of that can be prevented. But I can tell you this. Right now, we are not seeing the early delivery of funds going to that kind of endeavor at this point in time. I'm sure at some point some of it will. Well, that's that's all you really needed to hear. And Donald Trump pointed out that despite the fact that Iran was engaged in a, a campaign throughout the Middle East, engaging in terrorist proxies to, uh, to undermine um, Sunni governments throughout the region and to attack Israel, They get mad at Donald Trump for pointing it out. And Kerry went on to uh, get mad at Margaret Carlson by, uh, for even daring to ask the question. But there's no doubt that last week, if you were you know watching on social media or on the news programs, that the Democrats were far, far more angry that Donald Trump killed Soleimani than they were that the Iranians shot down this airliner killing 176 innocent people. There was no strident condemnation of Iran. And as a matter of fact, uh, Pete Butthead, Pete Buttigieg, and Tulsi Gabbard both took to uh, social media to try to uh, imply that uh, that Donald Trump bore responsibility for this because he had killed Soleimani, which caused the the mullahs to, to... have to retaliate and then mistakenly take down this plane. And Tom Cotton, the uh, the senator from Arkansas, I think said it best. He published a, a, a guest op-ed that said, you can look at the, the Democrats and, and the Trump derangement syndrome makes them say the dumbest things. He said they can look at something that is unequivocally good, like removing a terrorist mastermind from the battlefield, and if Donald Trump did it, it must be bad. And that's what they're suffering from. And and in one sense, it's good because the Democrat Party has gone all in on their uh, Marxist agenda, so it's, it's good that Donald Trump is polarizing politics and leaving, uh, you know, traditional Americans no home in the Democrat Party. But at some point, it's bad as well because you need an opposition party. It's just that the Democrats are no longer a fit opposition party. Over the weekend, Donald Trump tweeted, uh, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. And there, of course, he was quoting Sun Tzu in the uh, in the art of war. <clears throat> and that is true. Uh, he backed down the mullahs without a a ground invasion or a major escalation in war. He laid down a red line that killing even one American, in this case that American contractor who was a uh, a, a naturalized Iraqi 
uh, immigrant to the United States. And when they killed that American, he said, that's enough. And then when they, uh, they, uh, and he responded by killing, uh, 27 of these militia members, Iranian militia members inside Iraq. And then when they laid siege to the American embassy and the, uh, the, the terror mastermind Suleimani came over there, he took him off the battlefield as well. Matt Getz was appearing uh, on Steve Bannon's War Room podcast, and he's taken a lot of heat because he voted uh, in favor of this war powers resolution. He's been on an explanation tour trying to uh, trying to explain himself for that. And here's what he had to say on Steve Bannon's War Room. Uh, during my time in the Congress. Uh, I don't believe that these protracted um, engagements that are unfocused, unconstitutional, that have bled away $6 trillion, more than the market cap of Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Apple combined, I don't think that that really is uh, best for our country. You know, uh, you talk about the politics of it. I get sick and tired of people in this town acting like toughness is um, engaging in conflict the Middle East. I think real toughness because, is actually standing yeah. up to the perpetual war lobby. Because they're not doing the nine deployments. You're right that the Trump movement is, is is an anti-war movement. I mean, it really is. I mean, and that's not to say we don't defend ourselves. I think there's a key distinction there. You know, in the resolution that I voted for yesterday, there was a robust articulation of self-defense. Even if we had to take a preemptive action to protect our troops, but there is a difference between action in defense of our troops and our allies and a protracted forever war in the middle east matt gates is from the panhandle of florida he represents so absolutely i mean that's the trump doctrine matt gates is is a more articulate uh promoter of the trump doctrine than in fact donald trump is but there's no doubt that uh, that is the trump doctrine if you attack america if you kill americans if you challenge america you will pay a price but we're not going to play into the terrorist hands by getting bogged down in the middle east and giving them targets of opportunity, uh, you know, to, to shoot at. Hey, are you having negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs that are stopping you from achieving your goals? Are you unable to achieve what you want in life because of these self-limiting beliefs? Well, new life is using biofeedback and neurofeedback to help people overcome anything, any of these thoughts that are holding you back from achieving what you have envisioned for your life. They're using the same technology that's used by NASA, the Department of Defense and Special Forces, and the U.S. Olympic team to achieve optimal performance levels. Biofeedback and neurofeedback sessions are available by phone or in their Chicago offices, and you can reach out to them at one 888 4 life That's one 888 424-6543, and if you give them the Mojo Radio promotion, if you tell them you heard it on Mojo 5 you'll get a $50 discount off your first session. That's 1-888-424-6543, or you can find them online at newlifeholistic.com. That's newlifeholistic.com. So um, what am I most trusted uh, observers on foreign policy and issues of national defense and, and culture uh, 
at large, for that matter, is Pat Buchanan. And he was appearing uh, this week on the McLaughlin Group, which is sort of a shell of its former self since uh, John McLaughlin isn't there um, orchestrating. And here's what Pat had to say about our current situation with respect to Iran. Well, politically, Donald Trump has won round one dramatically. He's used those five airstrikes on the Hezbollah types in Iraq to punish them for killing the contractor. Then he took out the supreme warlord of Iran. Iran's retaliation was ineffectual. And then Iran itself shot down accidentally a plane in, from coming in for, or going out to Ukraine. Right. So Trump has emerged victorious. But this is only round one, and this is not over by, any, by a long shot. First, the United States is going to continue and deepen and toughen these sanctions choking Iran to death, which have caused Iran to basically make these you know, attacks on the tankers and all the rest. That's going to continue. The Quds force is going to come for revenge, get the proxy forces in Iraq. So this thing is going to be a longer session between us and Iran, frankly. And there's a war party in this country that really wants a war between the United States and Iran. It's here. It's in the Middle East. And I think uh, those folks haven't given up their main project. Who are those folks? Who are those folks in, in the United States? It's the, they're in the think tanks. The neoconservatives are there. you got liberal interventionists from the Washington Post area. But then you've also got the folks in the Middle East that are very much in favor of this, the Israelis. Netanyahu, it's project number one, is get the Americans to take out Iran on, and do Israel's work for it. There's a number of them. The, the, the town's full of them both on the left and the right. And these neocons, are, are they have got a home inside uh, Donald Trump's uh, national security apparatus. And uh, no doubt they're going to be uh, advocating for a wider war with Iran. That's why you need somebody like Donald Trump that keeps his promises, who promised during the election that we were going to get out of the Middle East. He's tried desperately to do that um, in in Iran and Syria. And, of course, he has been fought uh, to a stalemate both times. But there's no way Donald Trump is going to mobilize the American military to invade Iran. And, and what the, the, the next question is to be asked is, what do you do to actually make a negotiation or to start a negotiation and make that a successful negotiation with Iran in order to get them to back off of their terrorist foreign adventures and to give up their nukes. And here's what Pat had to say about that. The, what we need is a modus vivendi between the United States and Iran. We have two of us. we got something in common. Iran doesn't want a war with the United States. They indicated that clearly. And the United States and Donald Trump doesn't want a war with Iran. But the problem is, again, first, there are not only people who would like that kind of war, but what are the conditions of it? Pompeo, a year ago, gave a speech which had 12 demands on it, which read like the demands that the Austrians gave to the Serbs in 1914. <laughs> right. In other words, he was saying you've got to you know, conform your military political posture in this region to what we demand. They're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You've got the sanctions going on deeper. You've got all the, the neocons, the Israelis and the others want to go tougher and tougher and tougher. Where is the exit strategy yeah. they're giving Iran to get off this, this, this yeah. march to yeah. war? Well, that's a good question. And what is the exit strategy? I think the exit strategy has got to be if, if you stop engaging in terrorist activities across the region, you forswear your nuclear program, then, uh, then we will allow um, the, 
the regime, the Islamic fundamentalist theocracy in Iran to survive. Otherwise, we're going to continue to punish you and you're going to continue to lose the support of the Iranian people. But the key is, if you strike out at America, if you threaten our interests in the region, or if you kill an American, you're going to pay the price. So over the weekend, there were mass demonstrations throughout Iran over this uh, shootdown of the uh, the airliner that had, I think it was about 75 Iranians on board. And I think those Canadians and, and Europeans were largely uh, Iranian immigrants uh, to those nations as well. It's also come out that uh, it was seven months ago that Donald Trump told the mullahs directly, if your aggression results in the death of an an American, you can expect a uh, mass retaliation against your regime. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at those protests over in Iran. And we're going to talk about the latest updates on the impeachment saga. It's going to go over to the Senate this week. Stick with us. We'll be back after two messages right here on right now on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And we're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So the Democrats' response to the Iranian shootdown of the Ukrainian airliner was mooted. Didn't uh, wasn't you know any strident condemnation of the mullahs in Iraq or Iran and their their um, incompetence when it comes to military weaponry and, and and nobody pointed out that you know these mullahs are the uh, same ones that are trying to develop a, a ballistic missile program in order to deliver their uh, their nuclear program they can't even uh, operate a air defense system on their own ground but nobody pointed out how this illustrates you know 
the importance of keeping them from obtaining nuclear weapons. And so uh, Trump kills Soleimani. Everybody attacks Trump. Nobody, nobody on the Democrat side points out that, you know, it's good that Soleimani's dead. They just insist that Donald Trump is trying to escalate. Then they shoot down the plane. They're very mooted in their response to Iran shooting down of the plane. Then over the weekend, you had these mass protests throughout Iran for the shooting down of the plane and, and the economic conditions that the mullahs have put them in because of these sanctions. And the Democrats ignored that as well. So this is this Trump derangement syndrome, which Tom Cotton wrote about this weekend. If Donald Trump is behind it, even if it's good for America, even if it's long-delayed justice, then the Democrats have to be against it. Iranian people are out there in the streets uh, protesting the Ayatollah, demanding his removal, refusing, by the way, to walk on an American flag. They had um, aerial video of these protests going on, and the mullahs had painted American and Israeli flags on the streets over there and, and the sidewalks, and that is so that the, uh, the Iranian people can insult those countries by walking on it. And these protesters were in fact going around it. Now I think what the message they were sending is that they, they want peace, that they're not, uh, on board with the Ayatollah's program of continuing to, uh, to try to destroy Israel and, and this death to America, theme that they've been putting forward but if you watch these protests they were um, attacking another symbolic image and that was these posters of Suleimani that the the mullahs had erected throughout the country um, for Suleimani's funeral there were images of these protesters stomping on these Suleimani protesters So Nancy Pelosi was on uh, on this week. Uh, I think she was. Oh, she was on. Yeah, uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos, and she was describing the uh, the Iranian shootdown of this Ukrainian airliner. And listen how she describes it. We get there. We're seeing now demonstrations in the streets of Iran against the regime. Do you support those protesters? And would it be a good thing if they brought the regime down? Well, the regime, the protesters are are protesting, as I understand this brand of protesters, about the fact that that plane went down, and many students uh, were on that plane. Did you catch that? How she described what happened to the airline? Or I'll play it again. About the fact that that plane went down about the fact that that plane went down. <laughs> that is a, a, an exhibit A for Trump derangement syndrome. The plane didn't went down. The plane was shot down. You can believe it's an accident. It probably was. I'm not convinced. I'd like to see a manifest who exactly was on that plane. The idea that it, it was a Ukrainian plane shot down with Russian missiles, I think leaves more questions to be asked. 
Nancy Pelosi, she says the plane went down. About the fact that that plane went down and many students uh, were on that plane. And these are largely students in the street. I think the Iranians should have not had commercial flights going off when there was calling at the regime. You think I think the Iranians should not have had commercial flights going on during their missile barrage of American bases in Iraq. For lying, they're saying death to Khamenei as well. Yeah, well, whatever it is. But the fact is this. (laughs) They're saying death to Khamenei. They want freedom from the Ayatollah as well, whatever it is, she says. They're saying death to Khamenei as well. Yeah, well, whatever it is. But the fact is this. There were protesters in the streets before against the regime. After the taking out of Soleimani, there were protesters in the street joined together. As you know, against us, that wasn't good. Taking down this plane is a terrible, terrible tragedy. And they should be held accountable for letting commercial flights go at a time that was so, so dangerous. Uh, but there are different reasons why uh, people are in the street, uh, of course. So you got Nancy Pelosi on TV on Sunday, soft selling the fact that uh, Iranian students took their lives in their own hands marched in the streets against the mullahs, refused to uh, stomp on images of the American flag and were admitting and condemning Soleimani because not only was he killing Americans throughout the region and other innocents, he was also responsible for killing about 1,500 of his own people that were demonstrating against this theocracy over there. And Nancy's so infected with her Trump derangement syndrome that she couldn't give herself or get herself to give a full-throated condemnation of the mullahs or even support these protesters. She wants to try to equivocate and draw some sort of parallels between uh, the mullahs' chance of death to America and these these protesters that are asking uh, the mullahs to allow freedom and uh, and to stop their terrorist activities throughout the region. sort of an aside uh, uh, an interesting development over the weekend is Iran's entire women's Olympic team defected to uh, to Europe I think it was one of the Nordic nations that Olympic team consisted of in fact one athlete but she was uh, a medal winner the only uh, female medal winner for Iran she I think she'd won the silver in Taekwondo she defected over the weekend. So we also learned uh, that uh, in addition to Suleimani, the uh, um, American uh, forces were targeting another Iranian general that was operating in Yemen. So that seems to support, uh, to me, uh and be a defense of why why Donald Trump did not share the intelligence on killing Soleimani with uh, with the uh, Congress because now they have leaked the fact that it was not just Soleimani that America was targeting but they were also targeting other Iranian generals that were engaged in terrorism in the region John Brennan the disgraced CIA spook director 
uh, took to Twitter and said, the gang of eight in Congress is entitled to all intelligence on the Suleimani killing. Real Donald Trump's lies, reckless jingoism, and incompetence disgrace the office of the presidency. Right-wing ideologues in the administration and media are steering Trump and have put our nation in grave danger. (laughs) You don't think the nation was in grave danger before the killing of Soleimani? Most certainly, the the nation and the region are in less danger without Soleimani. But John Brennan, the the guy that ran uh, the CIA under Obama and was near the top of the CIA under George Bush, the same CIA that failed to get Osama bin Laden and allowed him to set up house right outside the gates of Pakistan's military academy is condemning Donald Trump for killing a terror mastermind. That's that's the kind of um, irrational thinking that comes from Trump derangement syndrome. Adam Schiff, uh, I think he was on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd, and uh, he claims that Donald Trump and the Trump administration are lying about Soleimani. Discussion about bombing the U.S. embassy uh, in Baghdad. The brief was much more along the lines, frankly, of something that Secretary Pompeo uh, admitted the other day when he said that we don't know precisely where and we don't know precisely when. That was much more the nature of the briefing that we got. Uh, in the view of the briefers, there was plotting. There was a an effort to... Um, escalate uh, being planned, but they didn't have specificity. Uh, And so when you hear the president out there on Fox, he is fudging the intelligence. And when you hear the secretary say, well, that wasn't what the intelligence said, but that's my personal belief, he is fudging. When Secretary Pompeo was on your show last week uh, and made the claim that the intelligence analysis was that taking Soleimani out uh, would improve our security and not and leaving him in would make us less safe. That is also fudging. That's not an intelligence conclusion. That is Pompeo's personal opinion. Well, it may be his personal opinion, but it's also uh, a, a very reasoned and very reasonable opinion that most of American people suggest. Remember that the killing of Soleimani uh, is widely supported. But Schiff says there was no specificity. Not that there were no specifics. There was no specificity. And how great is it that the Democrats have allowed this bug-eyed, pencil-necked dork to become their spokesman for their Trump derangement syndrome? And he claims in that clip that since we had no imminent threat, that we should have continued to allow this guy to attack us. In other words, if we couldn't say exactly when and where he was going to attack, we, now there's no doubt he was going to attack. He's been doing it for going on 20 years now. But since we didn't know exactly when and where, that that killing him was somehow unjustified. Schiff goes on the principal role. It's the president's call whether that justifies uh, taking a strike. 
But that should be done in consultation with Congress and approved by Congress, and neither of those things happened here. Should other IRGC leaders be targeted? Uh, I think... Let's just stop right there. So, first of all, Barack Obama engaged in uh, drone strikes throughout the Middle East, killing our enemy combatants. He never consulted with Congress. Congress, the Democrats, never raised a peep in objection to that. Neither did the Republicans, because uh, when, when you have threats on the battlefield that are targeting American forces, you, of course, take them out. That is the commander-in-chief's job, and you don't have time to say, time out. Hold it right there, Suleimani. Don't move. I've got to go consult with Congress. And Adam Schiff, of all people, who has showed for the last three years that he's willing to lie to put American interests at risk, to leak to the media, is the last person the Democrats ought to have up there on the news channels condemning Donald Trump for killing Suleimani. Uh, I think that we have escalated enough. Uh, Even though Iran says it's standing down and the president has used that phrase. Well, I think what we are likely to see, at least in the near term, uh, is the end of Iran's overdose. Now, you tell me right here if it doesn't sound like he is, in fact, hoping that his prediction comes true see at least in the near term uh, is the end of Iran's overt attacks like the missile attack on our bases. I don't think that we conclude, conclude at all that we've seen an end to the, their use of Shia and other proxies. And so the risk to American troops and to American civilians uh, continues, I think, is, is greater now as a result of the administration's actions. Uh, Iran has been. So according to Schiff, taking the guy that coordinated the attacks on American troops and our interests throughout the region and use these proxies, taking him out increases the likelihood of the activity that this guy was engaged in. Humiliated uh, by, uh, by this taking out of their top leader. I got to back that up. He says we've increased it because we have humiliated Iran Well, you don't want to humiliate the terrorists. For God's sakes, you don't want to humiliate the mullahs that have been attacking the United States for since 1979. You want to continue to appease them, according to Adam Schiff. Is greater now as a result of the administration's actions. Uh, Iran has been uh, humiliated uh, by uh, by this taking out of their top leadership, but also by their disastrous uh, shoot down of this uh, civilian aircraft. Yeah. That makes them, I think, more um, uh, dangerous and provocative uh, in the sense that uh, we may very well see covert retaliation against the United States. Uh, we may very well see it- covert action against the United States. Weren't we already? Seeing that, how much of it does Adam Schiff and the Democrats need to see before they can admit that this is exactly why Donald Trump took out Soleimani? Over the weekend, Donald Trump uh, t- sent out a tweet in Farsi, oddly enough, in support of the protests in Iran and in defense of them, saying that uh, the uh, mullahs uh, should not continue to kill protesters and uh, and arguing for freedom of the press over there, which was just too much. 
for our left-wing media to take, and they suggested that Donald Trump was supporting free press in Iran by telling the mullahs not to kill them, while at the same time oppressing the free press over the United States. Do you really believe that the anti-Trump press in the United States has been oppressed? (laughs) They're all over the cable news and, and network TV shows and in print daily criticizing Donald Trump. If you look on the front pages of the New York Times or the Washington Post, I would say that 70% of the stories on there are anti-Trump stories. Maggie Haberman suggested that by criticizing the poor reporting and other failures of, uh, of, of America's press, that they are suffering like the journalists in Iran, those, those journalists that are imprisoned, tortured, and murdered, and Donald Trump criticizing the coverage that he gets from the American press is somehow equivalent to that. Over on CNN, uh, Brian Stetler, the George Costanza lookalike, had Bill Weld, the former liberal Republican governor of Massachusetts, on. <laughs> and Bill Weld was parroting the line that that um, Brian Stetler was putting forward. You're running against not just Trump, but the pro-Trump media as well? Well, you know, I, people say, what about Fox News? And I've been yeah. on Fox News plenty in the old days. Yeah. I mean, this is not about Fox News. This is about Donald J. Trump, who demands exclusive loyalty uh, from everybody. And, and now we know that one bit of good news today is uh, we know that he wants uh, reporters to roam free in Iran. But the only problem is he doesn't want them to roam free in the United States because he says... He doesn't want reporters to roam free in the United States. These are reporters that, uh, you know, have banks and banks of cameras at his rallies and who drone on endlessly about how everything Donald Trump does is bad regardless or despite all the evidence to the contrary with this booming economy, reform trade deals, staying out of foreign wars. Bill Weld says Donald Trump doesn't want American media to roam freely to roam free in Iran. But the only problem is he doesn't want them to roam free in the United States because he says to us, a free press is the enemy of the people. And, you know, starting with Jim Comey, as far as I can tell, this president has demanded not only loyalty, but exclusive loyalty. Wait, did Bill Well just defend James Comey? Didn't we just get an IG report a couple of weeks ago that showed, in fact, that James Comey engaged in massive wrongdoing and spying on the Trump campaign, signing off on these FISA warrants. Bill Weld can't let it go. Trump derangement syndrome again. Uh, from from everybody. And, uh, you know, you not not only got to be loyal to him, you got to not be loyal to the truth. We saw that not only with Comey, but when he uh, instructed the, the director. So <laughs> I've just become convinced that the Democrats, including their uh, their presidential candidates, the Democrat primary has basically become a contest to say uh, to see who can say the stupidest stuff. 
And, you know, this has been a head scratcher to me, how it can possibly be in the Democrats' interest to promote things like free health care for illegal immigrants. And I've got a theory now. I don't I don't know if this is a fact. I'd like to hear from you. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. And let me know if you agree with this proposition. The Democrat candidates have adopted this theory that there's no such thing as bad press. And so they say the stupidest things that you can possibly imagine in order to to try to break through and get coverage in the media. The latest example of this is you've got Lizzie Warren out there on the trail in Iowa who said that she was willing to ban the construction of new homes to address climate change. How could you how could you formulate something that stupid and let it come out of your mouth if you were not engaged in some sort of tactic or strategy that was just designed to get attention for saying stupid. I keep wanting to say the S word. She said she's going to put a a ban on all energy exploration or drilling. And, of course, you know, you've got Bernie out there saying we're going to forgive all student loans. We're going to have free health care for illegal aliens. You had their former candidate saying, you know, we're going to open the borders and, and remove fences. And the only real conclusion you can arrive at is they're saying stupid stuff on purpose. Nancy Pelosi was on uh, this week with Stephanopoulos talking about impeachment and saying, we're going to get this guy one way or the other. We're going to either take him out with impeachment or we're going to defeat him during the election. I hope she wasn't talking about any other ways of taking Donald Trump out. Here's what she had to say. But again, it's Sunday morning. Let's be optimistic about the future, a future that will not have Donald Trump in the White House. One way or another, 10 months from now, we will have an election if we don't have him removed sooner. But again, he will be impeached forever. He will be impeached forever. You know, you kind of, Donald Trump's been out out on the campaign trail saying some pretty hard things about Nancy Pelosi. They're all deserved in my mind. So I guess... You know, you would be tempted to forgive her for engaging in this impeachment charade as retaliation. The only problem is, you know, Donald Trump engaging in harsh language against Nancy Pelosi, which is perfectly deserving, in my opinion, isn't undermining the Constitution. On the other hand, Nancy Pelosi orchestrating this bogus impeachment effort with Adam Schiff down in the basement of the Capitol, that does, in fact, hurt the constitution and she thinks that she's either going to have him removed from office in the senate which is a fantasy on her part or that one of these uh these 
Democrats are going to beat him during the election, which I would also argue is, is a fantasy at this point because they don't have any candidates or any policies that are going to convince the American people to turn back the clock and destroy this economy and drag us into some more wars in the Middle East. Here's what Pat had to say on uh, on that uh, this uh, um, McLaughlin group about impeachment. It was a capitulation by Nancy Pelosi to Mitch McConnell, who held firm, held tough, and said, don't tell the Senate how we run our trials. The point is the, the House and Pelosi made a horrendous mistake in this. They put together an impeachment which says, you know, abuse of power. It had no crimes in it. It had no uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. It had no treason, no bribery. They said it's urgent to get going on it. So they threw it over to the Senate and then said to the Senate, now you conduct the investigation we failed to conduct. You get all the documents and witnesses we failed to get. And Mitch is saying, in effect, forget it, lady. Send them over if you want anything done. <laughs> but, but Pat, and if you don't yeah, send them over, uh, that's uh, fine. But the, the Nancy Pelosi's strategy in regard to impeachment was to put together these uh, these bogus articles of impeachment that claim no crime or no high crimes or misdemeanors and uh, and accuse the president of obstruction of justice because he, re- he uh, resisted these subpoenas and took it to court. And now... She wants to leave it up to Mitch McConnell to prove her bogus articles. And they're saying that if, if, uh, if Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans don't prove the Democrats' bogus articles of impeachment, that it's going to be a cover-up. I've got a strategy for Mitch McConnell. Give the Democrats the exact same rules in the Senate that the Democrats gave the Republicans in the House. Give the Democrats the same rules in the Senate that the Democrats gave the Republicans in the House, and that is only the majority party gets to call witnesses. You'll remember that Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler refused to allow the Republicans to call witnesses. They even refused, violated the rules of the House to allow the Republicans to have their own day of hearings in front of the intelligence and judiciary committees so that they couldn't call witnesses. And you need to also have a rule that the majority in the form of Mitch McConnell can gavel down the questions of the minority. If he, if he doesn't think that that is an appropriate question, both Schiff and Nadler did that repeatedly in their hearings. So if you got a question that's inconvenient to the narrative, You just gavel it down and refuse to let the witness answer. That's exactly how they ought to run these hearings in the Senate. Run right over the majority of the minority, just like the Democrats did in the House of Representatives. Well, that's about it for today's show. I want to thank you for joining us. Got a lot of catching up to do. I think there's going to be another rally this week, and the Democrats are going to have uh, yet another of their clown car debates. I think that's tomorrow night on Tuesday. And we'll talk about that later on in the week. Stick with us. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. 
Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.